I want to deal with something that's been attacking the body of Christ. And that's been the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear has come to cripple the body of Christ. And I am here to tell you today that the spirit of fear has no power and no authority over you. Amen? No power and no authority. You might have given your life to Jesus, you belong to him, but you're dealing with these issues that nobody knows about, that you are held captive to, that keep you bound. But God's going to set you free this morning, amen? I declare that you shall not walk out with that same bondage that you came in with, amen? You will be free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My husband let me out of the cage. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I, I want to share this, something with you that happened even this week. Um, my husband was scheduled to fly out Wednesday. He was scheduled to fly, fly out at 7 p.m. when we were having service. And uh, he had, I had talked to him earlier in the day, and, you know, he, we were just talking, and he told me his flight and all that stuff. And... Um, then I get a call from him like at 7.30, and he says, hey, my flight's been delayed. There was a lot of uh, mechanical issues. And immediately fear tried to rise up, but I recognized it. And I said, oh, no, the angels just did their job. <laughs> Amen? Because before he left, we prayed, and I know everybody's praying, but we declared it and sent forth those angels to encamp around and about him to keep him safe. That all around that plane, those angels were going to stand. And I believe, I truly believe with all my heart that those angels held that plane down that it would not take off. Amen. Because they are given a command. See, when angels are given a command, they have to obey. Because as children of God, we get to declare and tell them, go and, and, and take care of this situation. And so, you know, when I got the news, fear tried to rise up on the inside of me. And for a split second, it got me. And then I said, no, uh-uh. I know my God. I know my God. I shall not fear, for God has not given me a spirit of fear. And see, many people are dealing with that. You get hit with bad news and immediately fear rises up and you begin to, to imagine everything that could go wrong. Everything that, every, the worst scenario. And so we got to recognize when fear speaks. We got to recognize the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. If it does not line up with the word of God, then it does not belong to you. And so last night I posted, you know, there's that fear has two acronyms. It's forget everything and run or face everything and rise. And you're here today to face everything and rise up. Amen? To rise above the situation. Fear has no control over you. Say that with me. Fear has no control over me. Say it again. Fear has no control over me. Hmm. 
Hallelujah. So you got to ask yourself this question. Are you living out your fear or are you living out your faith? Because the enemy will do everything that he can to hold you captive to fear. So that you don't do what God has called you to do. See, it's not just about destroying your life. It's about destroying everybody else around you. Because people need what you have. And you cannot stay silent and bow down to the voice of the enemy. You have to decide who is your God. Who do you serve? Job said, what I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. And see, most of us are saying those words today without really knowing what we're saying. There's fear in our heart, and it comes out in our words. Hallelujah. Things will rise up against you. The enemy will always try to discourage you, to distract you from, from fulfilling God's purpose in your life. I'm going to tell you, you know, most of you know my story, you know who I am, but it's my testimony and I get to say it as many times as I want. <laughs> but I, I had this fear, I had many fears growing up. I dealt with this spirit. I dealt with it, and I conquered it in the name of Jesus. I showed up, and it no longer had control over my life. But I had a, a huge fear of speaking in public. And I've told you before, when it was time to give my speech in college and in high school, I just wouldn't show up that day. I would rather get a zero than show up and speak in front of people. And look how God has a sense of humor. <laughs> Those things that I thought were a weakness in my life, God used them to glorify him. And so I dealt with these things. But see, if I would have allowed fear to keep me bound, I would not be here today. I would not be doing what God has called me to do today. And that's why it's so important that you overcome fear, that you conquer fear, that you cut it, you kill it, you destroy it, that it no longer has a place in your life. Because people are counting on you to fulfill the call of God upon your life. You are a light in the darkness. See, you can sit back and complain about everything that's going on around you, or you can show up and be the light. Fear will not keep you captive. Go with me to Proverbs 12, 25. Wait, open up your Bibles. Yeah. Proverbs. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Proverbs 12, 25. It says, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. New King James says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The only good word we can receive is the word of God. 
Anxiety in a person's heart does nothing but weigh them down. It causes depression to come into their life. See, a lot of the struggles that we're dealing with today, it's because there's a root of fear that has crept into your heart, and you must deal with the root. Because, the, you know, I have a, this constant weed that grows in front of my house. And every time I walk in, you know, I'll, I'll cut it off and I'll, I'll throw it out. But a week later, here it is again. It's growing. And it grows quickly. Weeds grow so quickly. And so I have to dig deep. I have to go deep into the ground to pull it out of the root so that it can no longer grow. There's things that you're dealing with that you've just been cutting it off. But God wants to go deep in you this morning. He wants to go deep into that root so that it, when it's pulled out, it cannot grow again. And so we have to recognize there's an issue. And that issue is holding you back from doing what God has called you to do. The depression comes upon your life because God's word is not in your heart. You're not believing it. You can be sitting here, and I'm telling you, you can be sitting here this morning, and you're listening to everything, but you walk out, and you go back to the same thing, that same bondage, when the word of God is here to set you free. See, the choice is yours. The word of God is truth. It's truth. It does not change, but it can change your situation. It can change whatever you're going through. It can change the doctor's report. Just, just this morning, um, I got this report, this awesome testimony. This woman needed surgery. And... It almost seemed like an impossible surgery. There was no real answers. And so she called and, you know, the people prayed. We all prayed. The intercessor, intercessory team prayed. They prayed. She went back. And the doctor said, I don't know what happened, but you don't need the surgery anymore. See, here's the thing. God never said the weapons would not form. But he did say they will not prosper. He did say they will not touch you. Many times we get the report, we get the bad news, and we allow it to become truth in our life. We allow it to consume us. It becomes an anxiety and a fear upon our life. It drowns out the truth of the word of God. I got news for you. God has an answer to every situation you're going through. God has already made a way when you think there is no way. God has already established the plan. But you have to hear him. Your will 
has to bow down to his purpose. I love you all. I just want you to know that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what have you surrendered control to? What is controlling your life? And see, the the Lord is already speaking to you right now. Even as I ask that question, things begin to rise up on the inside of you. You think, is this controlling me? If God is showing it to you, it's for a reason. He wants to deal with those issues that have been hindering your life for so long. Fear is an emotional response to a perceived threat. Fear comes in as a thought, as a false reality of things to come. See, the enemy can feed you a lie, but you have a choice to believe it. Hallelujah. Fear will cause you to run, to hide, to isolate yourself. It causes anxiety upon your life. It, you, you know, fear causes you to control situations because you've removed God out of the equation. It causes low self-esteem. It causes envy, manipulation, bitterness, offense, distrust, Cynicism, it pushes you to give up. See, these are the things that fear will produce in your life. And you have to hit it head on. If you're dealing with any of these issues, if any of these things are an issue in your life, you have to confront it and deal with it. Because otherwise, it will be a bondage upon your life. Like I said, I used to have a fear of of, of speaking in public. But when the, the word of God became so alive on the inside of me, I could not keep my mouth shut. I had to share what God was giving me. And see, there are dreams and passions. There are things that God has placed in your heart, but you are so afraid to speak. (laughs) I told you, we're dealing with this issue. We have to deal with it because it's crippling the body of Christ. It's crippling the body of Christ. There's a call upon your life. God chose you. He chose you. Not to sit back and stay silent. There's a lot of silence this morning. (laughs) And I'm telling you, 
we're going to be free. We're free. We are free. We are free. We will not give any room to the enemy any longer. Amen? It's not going to be our way. It's going to be his way. See, when we learn to surrender to God, then things begin to change. But as long as you're fighting the call of God upon your life, nothing will change. God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? He does not change. But you keep resisting the word. You keep resisting the call. You get offended, you get hurt, you get, you know, backstabbed. You know, all these issues begin to rise up. Recognize the enemy knows how to trigger you. He knows what triggers you. So that you walk away from the very call of God upon your life. Yes, I'm passionate about this. Because it's crippling us. And we cannot give room to the enemy. Stop allowing him to come in and dictate what's going to happen in your life. The world needs you. The world needs you. There are people hurting. There are people dying. There are people so wounded. And you carry the very word of God on the inside of you. You carry the very spirit of God on the inside of you. And yet you're afraid of what people will think. What people will say. Guess what? You have to get to the point where you are more, where there's a fear of God that is so greater than the fear of man. You have to open up your mouth and declare the goodness of God. Declare you don't have to kill yourself. There is a better way. Amen. Jesus died on the cross for you. He died for your sins. He died to make you whole. There is a generation that would rather die. And we are sitting on our, on our blessed assurance. Just get it. Feed me. Feed me. Feed me. Yeah, I'm getting in some Kool-Aid this morning. But we are living in a time that the body of Christ needs to rise up. If nobody knows that you're a Christian, there's an issue. Let me go back to my notes before I get in trouble. See, fear comes in when it doesn't know the future. Fear comes in to show you a false reality of things to come. But we are children of the Most High God. We know who holds our future. We know that God has written down exactly the plan and purpose for our life. Fear comes when we're not sure. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. See, that has to become yours. Fear comes when you don't know what tomorrow holds. But here the word of God says that he holds my future. 
So I am not going to find my future by looking at my horoscope. I am not going to find my future by someone reading my hand. I am going to find my future in God. Amen? Because God has written it down. He holds my future in his hands. And the only way that I can walk out that future is by having communion with him. See, we're looking for people to tell us what to do. We're looking for advice from people that don't even serve God. Instead of getting into the word, instead of digging into the word, see, confusion comes in when you don't know. And the enemy loves to keep you in this road of indecision. He loves to keep you. You know, the Bible says in James chapter 1 that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's tossed to and fro. Yes, I know God wants me to do this, but look what happened. Look what they said. And, you know, I just don't want to put myself out there. Realize you are dead to who you are. When you gave your life to Jesus, you understand that you took on his life. They are not coming against you. They are coming against the anointing that is upon your life. See, many people have stopped. They stopped doing. They stopped saying. They stopped praying for others because of hurt that has come into their life. And it doesn't matter where you go, the enemy will know how to come in and hurt you to stop you from doing what God's called you to do. But you have to understand, you're at a higher level. You're not waging war against the things of this earth. Your war is in the heavenlies by doing what God has commanded you to do. Whether they love you, whether they hate you, you show the love of Jesus everywhere that you go. Amen. It's not about you. Well, pastor, they just keep talking about me. Pray for them. Pray for them like you would pray for yourself. Pray for them. Instead, we get hurt and we get wounded and we start to shut up. Not in this church, amen? Y'all are making me sweat up here. Whew. Ephesians, go with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. Look at your neighbor and say, you are God's masterpiece. Now look at your other neighbor and say, you are God's masterpiece. You are not here by accident. God saw you and he said, we need one of you here on this earth today. We need one just like you to reach the generation today. You are God's masterpiece. Amen? It says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. That means that we are dead to who we were. The enemy cannot come and tell you you are unworthy. The enemy cannot come and tell you that because of what you did in the past, God can't use you. 
That's a lie from the pit of hell. That is, that is ignoring what Jesus has done on the cross. The Bible says he takes the foolish things of this earth to confound the wise. You might have been the worst person ever. Your past might, have be, might be filled with, you know, junk and all this stuff of who you were. But look what the Lord has done. Amen. You are no longer your past. You are not who you were. You are made new in Christ Jesus. All those things you did in the past, they no longer follow you. They don't have a hold on you anymore. Some of us, we can accept the forgiveness of Jesus, but we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. Yes, we know Jesus washed us clean. There's no sin upon us. But because we remember, we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. And I'm going to tell you, that's something that needs to be broken off of your life. Because if God no longer remembers your sins, why are you allowing the enemy to remind you? Why are you allowing? Yeah, that was me yesterday or even this morning. <laughs> but I am not the same person that I was at 8 a.m. I am being changed from glory to glory. Your past will not hold you captive anymore. Forgive yourself. You messed up. You did something you shouldn't have. Forgive yourself because Jesus forgives you the minute you ask him. So it says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do. Everybody say we can do. Say it again the good things he planned for us long ago. See, there is a path that God has planned for you. There is a way to get you to the place that he showed you. But you have to know that he holds your future. You have to know that your life belongs to Jesus. Do not fear the future if God holds your future in his hands. You will not be afraid of what tomorrow will hold for you because you know that despite all things, God knows how to work everything, all everything together for your good because you are called according to his purpose. So we will not fear of things to come. Every time you watch the news and fear starts to rise up, you remember, you have, here it is. You read the end of the story. You know who wins. You know what God's about to do. 
So this is about just walking it out. But God needs you for this end time. God needs you to open your mouth and speak. God needs you to declare, to break bondages off of people, to bring healing to those that are hurting, to bring, you know, those signs and wonders. Follow the believer. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you understand and have a revelation of this word, the word of God, then fear can no longer have power over you. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, what we have in the word of God is Jesus. It's truth. What the enemy wants to steal from you is truth. You have to make a decision that whatever thought comes into my mind that does not line up with the word of God, you will not accept. There is... And yeah, I'm going to say it. The enemy has come in. The enemy, you know, he's thrown this thing that people no longer know who they are. There is an identity issue happening in this world. Especially in the United States. People no longer know who they are. And the enemy wants to tell you and make you doubt who you are. This all boils down to knowing who you are. This is about identity. This is about getting the identity of God and putting it on. Knowing without a shadow of a doubt that I am a child of God. Knowing without a shadow of a doubt who I am in Christ Jesus. Knowing without a shadow of a doubt that everything that Jesus purchased on that cross for me belongs to me. Many times the issue, the issue, because we don't see it right away, we begin to doubt God's word. Sometimes healing doesn't come as fast as we want it to. There's times, yeah, God heals immediately. And I'm going to tell you, you know, when I was talking to someone, God began to remind me of all the things that he's healed me from. There was a time, you know, back several years ago that um, when my husband left to a mission trip, I began to deal with, like, extreme pain on my chest. And I didn't know what was happening. I just, you know, I knew that it was, I couldn't breathe. Anybody been there? And I would pray and I would speak the word and nothing was happening. The next day, I'd pray, speak the word, and it was still there. 
And you know, have you ever noticed that the pain usually comes at night? When your guard's down, when you're tired, when the enemy can come in and just, and you're like just too tired. And so, you know, this was happening day after day, and I was praying, and I was believing God, and I would stand. And, the, you know, I always remember what my husband says. The same way it came is the same way it has to go. And I always speak that the same way this pain goes, it goes now in Jesus' name. And so I was praying and believing God. But, see, this was stretching my faith. This was growing me. And so it didn't happen after one or two days. It happened like two weeks later, but it happened. And see, many times we get to the place where, you know, this pastor prayed for me, this person prayed for me, and nothing's happening. It's not who's praying for you. It's where is your faith? Because there comes a time when a baby has to be fed with a spoon, where you have to give the baby its, its milk or its pudding or whatever. I haven't had a baby in a while. Whatever they eat. I don't even know what they eat. Applesauce. There you go. You know, you have to spoon feed that baby that applesauce. But then there comes a day where that baby has to learn to grab the spoon and feed itself. And many times we want the pastor, the leader, someone to come and just say this enormous prayer and everything will be fine when God really wants to grow you. Where God really wants you to stand on the word of God and see it come to pass. Because the only way that you can pray for others is when that word becomes so real in your life that nobody can challenge it because you know without a shadow of a doubt that God heals. Amen? We have to be willing to do whatever it takes Well, if God really wants to touch me, he'll, he'll touch, he knows where I'm at. Boy, that pride needs to come down. Well, don't you say that, you know, God can heal everyone? Yes, he can. But there's a time when God speaks to you to come. There's a time where you have to surrender your life to come to him. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she came out of her comfort zone knowing very well that she could be stoned and put to death. But it didn't matter because she knew she had made up in her mind and in her heart that as soon as she touched the hem of his garment, she would be made whole. See, how desperate are you? How desperate are you to be free? You have to get hungry for God. You have to get hungry for God. It's not about me. I can do nothing for you. But Christ in me can do it all. Whew. Jesus. Hallelujah. God's word is true. Every report that you have received that does not line up with the word of God is subject to change. But you cannot, you cannot, you cannot allow fear to come in and steal the very word of God that you are standing on. 
When the doctor says, and I love doctors, but when, they, when they've given you no hope, when they said there's nothing that we can do, you know the one who can do all things, that does the impossible. Another, another report I want to give you. They're my testimonies, so I can share. You know, last two years ago, I was dealing with, like, extreme high blood pressure. I was dealing with this, and, you know, um, we were praying. Nothing was happening, you know. But when we prayed, I knew that there was something I had to do because it wasn't just God's word is true. When we pray, we believe and we receive. But I knew the Lord showed me that there were things that I was doing to my body that I shouldn't because I love donuts. (laughs) But I found some good donuts, (laughs) some good keto donuts. (laughs) But there were some things that I was doing to this temple that was causing it to break down quickly. Because God's perfect will is for, no, for me not, you know, for me to be whole and healed. Why? Because I got to preach the gospel. I got to lead others to Jesus. So when we prayed and I had gone to the doctor, you know, I knew what I had to do. I had to lose some weight. I just, I knew the Lord had spoken to me. The doctor confirmed it. And, you know, they gave me the medication. I took the medication, but I told the Lord, I am only going to take this for a while. Because I will not live upon a pill. That's what I spoke. Whatever you do, that's you. This is, what I, this is where my faith was. A pill will not control my life. Jesus has healed me. But I need to get to that place. Amen? And so, yes, I was doing great. My blood pressure got stabilized. I no longer needed the medication. My doctor was astonished. He says, I don't know what you did, but, you know, share with me because I got to tell the other patients. They were, he was just blown away. But I did it, number one, supernaturally and physically. So time flew, and I began to fall back into those bad habits. And so the last several months, I'd say six months, I had been feeling like that pain was back, like my blood pressure was shooting, and I was just dealing with this stuff, and I said, you know what, I'm going to have to take these pills again. Now, does God's word change? It does not change. So the minute I prayed, I received But yet the Lord spoke to me that there was something that I had to do. So I went back and number one, I repented before the Lord. I went to the Lord. This needs to break off of my life. It has to break. And the minute I made a decision to stop doing and eating the way I was eating, it was done. I wasn't craving it. I wasn't wanting it. I wasn't, no, there was a supernatural strength to resist. Even when they brought a chocolate cake into the office the next day. (laughs) It was yummy. I I just smelled it and it filled me up. (laughs) But see, you have to tap into the supernatural to do those things that you cannot do in the physical. 
And so, you know, I did what I needed to do. And two weeks ago, I began to change my eating. And I'm going to tell you, for two weeks, I have not had to take my blood pressure medicine. And my blood pressure has been at the lowest it's ever been. And that is only God. It reminds me of this. When my husband, I think it was last week, he was, he was saying, you know, that we can sometimes become so foolish by asking God to heal an area of our body and we keep hitting it with a hammer. And then we go back to God heal. And then we go back and we hit it. And God heal. And we're back and forth, unstable in all our ways. See, I'm telling you what God spoke to me. This this area of healing, this area of fear, this area that you're dealing with, this is between you and God, but you have to place yourself in a position to hear what he's saying and recognize that you are not alone, that the spirit of God dwells on the inside of you, that whatever you think you cannot do, God can do through you. Amen? Don't get comfortable in your bondage. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. It says, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. That's a whole other subject. Maybe next time. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 6, it says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Verse 7, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. The way to get rid of fear in your life is first and foremost not to say, I'm okay. I'm good. God says he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Grace to overcome. You need the grace of God in operation in your life. The moment you say, I'm okay. Yeah, I know what God says, but I'm good. Meanwhile, you're broken on the inside. You're dealing with all these issues on the inside, but you're too proud to say, God, I need you. Pride has to come down. Pride has to bow down to the name of Jesus. It will destroy your life. You have a proud heart. You have a, a, a proud way of thinking. It goes against what God says. 
You cannot have what God says you can have if you're going against what he says to do. See, we have a hard time with this word, humble yourselves. Because we like to win. Women, we like to win arguments. <laughs> we like to win. Not in here. Okay, I'm the only one. <laughs> we like to win. We like to be right. Especially in a marriage. We like to have the last word. They're walking away and you're mumbling something under your breath because you have to have the last word. <laughs> I'll be taking appointments for marriage counseling after service. <laughs> But see, we get used to this thing that I have to win. I have to prove my point. I have to, I have to have that last word. And that becomes a prideful spirit that begins to rise up. And so then we come to God and we say, no, it's got to be my way. Because we become so familiar with that type of thinking. And that stinking thinking doesn't help you. And so when we say humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, we have a hard time humbling because we think, we think, oh, you know what? I just can't. Yeah, I'm going to go there. So when the word of God says, submit yourself to your husband, I ain't doing that. I can see it already. You don't even have to tell me that's your attitude. The part of submission is when you submit to God and when you do what the word of God says to do by submitting to your husband, there is a grace of God that comes upon your life to be able to have victory in those areas that you've been struggling with. But I don't want to. I'm telling you how to have the victory. And husbands, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. The Bible says you are to love your wife the way Christ has loved the church. Not to lord over her. Not to give her commands. Not to hit her with a stick. Not to have your way. But to you, husbands, to lay your life down for your wife. You don't come. When have you seen Jesus come and hit you and say, submit to me? No, he shows the love. And because he shows the love, we submit to him. So husbands, when you begin to show the love of Christ to your wife, she will have no problem submitting to you. I threw that in just... Amen. That means bring her flowers even when you're tired. 
do some wash the dishes, cook dinner. All the men are looking around like, oh, she's not talking to me. <laughs> no, nope, that's for this guy over here. <laughs> Find out what is your wife's love language and love her in that way. And I'll leave that there. <laughs> Jesus, where were we? I got off course, guys. <laughs> Somebody needed to hear that. <laughs> First Peter 5, humble yourselves before the Lord. Pride must bow down. Amen? Your confidence is not in yourself and your abilities. Your confidence is in Christ. Number two, cast your cares upon him. Realize you do not have to carry the worries that you're carrying. You can cast your cares to him. If you're feeling tired, you're feeling drained, you're feeling depressed, you know, you pull into your driveway and you don't even want to get down. All right. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him. Though weeping may endure for the night, joy comes in the morning. Just because you're having a bad day does not mean that that's the way it's going to be. Look beyond the moment and look into the victory that Christ has already purchased for you. Do whatever you need to do to cast your cares upon the Lord. Hallelujah. Guys, i got to hurry. Man, okay. And the third one is keep your guard up. Do not get comfortable just because things are good right now. Don't get comfortable. Well, pastor, everything's good. You know, I really don't need to come to church. I really don't need to read the Bible. Y'all know. Verse 8. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like it doesn't say he's a lion. It says he prowls around like a roaring lion. See, if you flip on that switch, you're going to see that it's not a lion, it's a little cockroach. He might sound like a lion, but the minute the light comes on, and I'm talking about the light of the Word of God, it exposes the lie of the enemy. He's looking for someone to devour. So stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Everybody say, be strong in your faith. Say it again. Now tell your neighbor. See, your faith has to be strong. If you're trying to fight this devil of fear in your own ability, you will fail. You have to stay prepared. 
There is a reason this is in the Word of God. Stay alert. That means build up your faith by listening to the Word of God. The Bible says faith comes by what? Hearing. By what? Hearing. And hearing what? By hearing the Word of God. Not, not by hearing every, everybody else's gossip. If you're struggling... I don't know why I keep going here, but if you're struggling in your marriage and you're looking to get an ear from someone who's also struggling, that's called itching ears. You need to go to somebody that has a strong marriage and begin to ask them to pray for you. Begin to take notes on what they did to get there, amen, because we learn from those that have overcome. Not for someone to tell you, you know what, they don't deserve you, just leave, just walk away. But they don't tell you, see, the enemy will come. The enemy will come to give you a lie so that you exchange a lie for the truth. He does not tell you the heartache that you're going to cause your children. He does not tell you the times of loneliness and the thoughts of suicide that will come into your life. He paints this picture. Oh, my life will be so good. Oh, I won't have to deal with his issues. Or I won't have to deal with her issues. I don't have to deal with their attitude and their faces. That's a lie. It is a lie. Just because you're struggling today does not mean it's going to stay that way. Get into the word and let God show you what you can have. Let God show you who your children will become. And maybe, you know, you've gone through the divorce and you've gone through all that. It's under the blood. I'm talking to those that are struggling right now. That you're, you, you know, the enemy's been telling you, walk away. You will not walk away in Jesus' name. I declare the angels of God will stand at the door and will not let you leave, that the presence of God would come and just overtake you, that you would humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. There has to be a change in you. I just can't stand it. I just, I'm done. You've come to the end of yourself, not come to the feet of Jesus. Die to who you are. Die to what you want. Die to what you want and what you think things should look like. Don't compare your marriage to somebody else's. Comparison will always kill. You are made unique. <sighs> Find out what works for you two. I'll tell you what works for us. <laughs> My husband loves to cook, and I love to clean, and that's teamwork. He cooks, I clean. It works for us. Amen? 
Sometimes we want to we wanna let, well, the man's not supposed to cook. He can't wash a dish. That old way of thinking, the old bondage, tries to come into your new life. And it causes friction. And it causes, it causes division. But when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, you realize that everything that you do for your spouse is a work unto the Lord. Your mind begins to shift, and now your ministry is your spouse. Your ministry is to show them the love of Jesus. Your ministry is to point them to the cross. Your ministry is to love them when they're down. Not, why can't you be like Pastor Aaron and just pray like him? Pastor Aaron is unique. He's an old soul. There's no one quite like him. But God has called him to that. You call those things in your spouse, those things that you want to come to pass, you call them forth. You call those things that are not as though they are. Now, don't speak what you see. Speak what you believe. Speak what you know God can do. And that goes for every area of your body. Oh, Lord. Okay, we're going, we're going. Whew. So, you know, God knows who needs to hear that. Because you might have walked in and you're just ready to walk away, but I'm here to tell you, no, God has a better way. Do not leave what, what God has blessed you with. Fight the good fight of faith. So stay prepared. Recognize the enemy when he shows up. And shut every door to the enemy. This is so important. Shut every door to the enemy. When you begin to compromise here and there, eventually all the restraints are bypassed, putting you back in the very bondage that Jesus has set you free from. With a little compromise, the enemy is just looking for a little door that you leave open so that he can come in. And that's why you have to stay on guard. You have to do what's right when nobody's looking because God is looking and the enemy is waiting for you to mess up and compromise so that he can come in. It's not how many hallelujahs you give in church. It's not how many times you dance around. It's what you do when nobody's looking. Because as long as there's compromise in your life, you will not see things change. And it doesn't matter how many times you come up here for prayer. It doesn't matter how many people you call up for prayer chain. If things are not changing in your life, if you are not shutting the door to the enemy, the enemy will always have his way in your life. So shut every door. Do not compromise. Don't say, well, nobody's looking. Dude, God's looking. Holy Spirit is right there. And he's telling you, listen, he's telling you, don't do it. 
He's telling you. He's speaking to you. Don't do it. But you have a choice to bypass the voice of the Holy Spirit. You have a choice to do it anyway and let the enemy come in. And then the guilt, the shame, the, the condemnation begins to come in. And then you feel yourself so separated from God. And let me tell you, that's when fear shows up. Because now you feel unworthy. You feel like a hypocrite. You feel like, you know what, there's nothing. There's nothing. I can't come to God. I can't come to church. I can't hear his word. But the minute that you repent, the minute that you change your ways, the minute that you shut every door to the enemy, now the blood of Jesus cleanses you and wipes every shame, every guilt, every condemnation off of your life. And now you can stand before God without spot, without wrinkle just in complete freedom that's why you got to watch where you're compromising if things are happening in your life if fear has come in have you allowed the enemy to come in I really want to finish this message I want you to see I want you to see this and this is very key we all know the scripture. If you can put it on New King James, 2 Timothy 1.7. We all know it. But last night the Lord showed me something. And I, I was just like, oh, so good. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So understand, God did not give you fear. If you have fear in operation in your life, whatever it is, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of not being good enough, fear of a, a failed marriage, whatever it is, whatever fear you're dealing with, realize God did not give it to you. And if God did not give it to you, then you have the right to say, no, you do not belong in my life. You have the right. See, you have to resist fear. The Bible says resist the devil. And he will flee, not resist the word, and you flee. I'll say that one again. The Bible says, resist the devil, and he will flee. But many times, we are resisting the word, and we are the ones fleeing. Because fear will always make you run. So it says... But he's given us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Can you put up Acts 1.8 in the New King James? See, he's given us a spirit of power. Without the power, we cannot resist. Acts 1.8, can you put it up? This is why we're failing in many areas. Because we're trying to do it in our own abilities. Acts 1.8, it says, but you shall receive, what? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, we have to wait for the power. We have to wait for the Holy Spirit. We cannot do what God has commanded us to do without the Spirit of God. We need the power. If the disciples, if Jesus told the disciples to wait, wait for it, wait for it. They had no idea what they were waiting for, but they knew that Jesus said wait. 
And what happened? The power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. And guess what? Now they were witnessing. Now they were winning souls. Now they were healing the sick. Now they were commanding demons to go. We have to wait for the power. Realize when it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. It is available to you. To overcome that spirit of fear, you have to be in the Holy Spirit. You have to be operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go with me to put John 3.16. He's given us a spirit of love. When you understand that God so loved you. Read the scripture with me. Everybody knows it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, you've been adopted. You have a father, a father who loves you. You might not have had an earthly father that pointed you to Jesus, but guess what? Now you have a heavenly father that has poured his love upon you, that he loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you. This spirit of love, I can't tell you about it. You have to step into it. You have to experience it. It's a love that just crushes you, but in a good way. A love that just wrecks you. You cry like a baby. When people get saved, why do the tears flow? Because they're experiencing this very love of the Father. That love has to become so real to you. It has to become so real to you. Perfect love casts out all fear. When you walk knowing that the Father loves you so much, then fear cannot touch you. And the third one. Jesus. He's given you the spirit of a sound mind. Go with me to Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, if you can put it up. A sound mind, another version says, self-discipline. That means that you don't allow your thoughts to take you in the wrong direction. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7. And the peace, everybody say peace, Peace. of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. 
See, that is what God has given you. So when he says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, you can be in the midst of whatever storm is around you, but there is perfect peace on the inside of you. Fear must go. It has no power over you. Reject every thought of fear that has come in to try and destroy your life. When you understand the power, love, and a sound mind, whew, fear can no longer torment you. The thoughts of not making it no longer have power and authority because you know who your father is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I, I need to share this really, really quick because it's really, really important. When David showed up to kill Goliath. The only thing Goliath was shouting was threats, threats, intimidation. He was shouting fear. And see, many of us are battling fear here. We're hearing the shouts of the enemy here. But there's nothing that he can do to touch you. And so when David showed up, huh, David did not pray for the victory. David stood in perpetual victory. He didn't show up and see Goliath and say, Lord, please help me defeat this giant. No, he knew who his God was. He knew that he served a living God, that the anointing of God was upon his life to destroy every threat the enemy was shouting. Many of us, our prayers are wrong. We're praying, Lord, get this thing out. Remove this fear. When God has given you the tools to command it to go, and that's revelation of the word of God. That's a revelation of the word of God where the word of God becomes so real on the inside that whatever comes against you must bow down to the name of Jesus. You carry authority. Jesus did not die on the cross for you to live in defeat. Not when you get to heaven, everything's going to be great. He wants you to bring heaven to earth. So I want to show you something. And I'm going to go very quickly. Whew, Jesus. Just close your eyes right where you are. Just lift up your hands and begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to pray in the spirit. This battle is not fought in the flesh. This battle is fought in the spirit. Begin to lift up your voice. Begin to declare those things that are not as though they are. Begin to tell the devil your eviction notice has come. You must go in the name of Jesus. You no longer have power over.
over my mind, over my body, over my emotions. You will no longer control any part of me because I belong to Jesus. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray, church. Pray. This thing that has had you bound for so long will no longer control you. But you got to get mad. See, whatever you tolerate in your life will remain. It will not go because you made a way for it to remain. So right now, in the name of Jesus, every foul devil that has been tormenting your life, it goes in the name of Jesus. It goes in the name of Jesus. That devil that's been saying, just kill yourself. Nobody cares. Nobody loves you. I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. There is no weapon that is formed against you that will prosper. God will save you over and over. He will show up at that midnight hour. He will save you and deliver you from all your fears.